All right. Come on, everybody. Welcome to church. It's Christmas season, man. It's Christmas season. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, that's where we're going to be this morning. And, man, it's good to be with you. Fun being up here with the Baja team. Excited to go. Way to go, Ross. Got our college student leading the MC today. That was a lot of fun. Super excited about that, man. As we've been talking about metaphors, we're going to dive into a metaphor today. We're going to continue this throughout the next two weeks. So we're going to talk about fire. Everybody said fire. Fire. We're going to talk about fire today, and we're going to talk about light next week. And so fire today, light next week. And excited to share this morning. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I was meeting with Charisma this week. I said, man, this this has just been so difficult when you when you have one word as a metaphor to describe the characteristics of God, that becomes quite difficult because there's there's different things that happen, a lot of homonyms, if you will, where, where the word would maybe mean two different things depending on the context. Uh, a lot of double meanings. You know, you know homonyms, right? Is is Will Galloway in here? You know, he he loves to use, you know, like like you have the word cap, right? Like a bottle cap. Or you, have the, or you have it said like, man, that's cap, right? That's, that's what Will likes to say. And so and meaning, meaning, uh, man, I can't believe it. You know, you're lying. You know, just you're kidding me. So different, different phrasing uh, depending on the context. You know this, and you've used words like this all the time. You know, um, you know when it means like, please watch your sister versus, hey, let me see what time it is on my watch. The same word, and you guys know this, you're English majors, you, you graduated eighth grade, and, and, and well done on that. And so, so we have this word fire, and fire can be, mean a lot of things, like light a fire underneath of you, uh, get by the fire to keep warm. That word that Brandy preached this year was fire, right, Joseph? And so there's different words that can come about, and different moments that can come. And so when I use the word fire, we're going to try to stay within the context of how God uses fire to judge, but also how God uses to refine us and how he uses to purify us. So you have fire upon people who will receive judgment that will come and and it has come throughout the Bible. And we read it like, oh, my goodness, I don't want that kind of fire. But then there's a welcoming fire that we do want in our life because it purifies us. It refines us. It's what we need. And how many know that we need some purifying in 2022? How many started January 2022? You're so excited. And here we are. It's almost Christmas season. I, I kind of know why. I, I know the Christian calendar is why we have Christmas right now. But but isn't it, isn't it great that we have Thanksgiving and Christmas at the end of the year? We get to eat our feelings and we get to buy gifts to feel better about ourselves. You know, it's like the way that you cope, we cope oftentimes with the, the hashtag goal fails, if you will, throughout the year. You know, January started so strong for a lot of us, didn't it? Started strong for some of us, but then life happened. 360, 350 days happened, and, and we find ourselves like, whew, that was a harder, more difficult year than I had wanted. We know that to be true, and that's why, why we pacify our feelings with food and gift buying and all that stuff is some of us may not end up where we thought we would be. Now, there is the the 20 percenters, you know, and your, your body looks better than it did in January, and your teeth look better because you whitened them all year and your hair looks great and all that. You know, I'm glad you made it here this morning just to make all of us feel bad. 
Just kidding. You know, it really is our hope, you know, that we do find ourselves progressing. But the reality, the truth is, there is 80% who maybe life didn't quite end up to your expectations. And 2022 was a moment maybe that you reintroduced your life to a new sin or a new sin pattern in your life. Or maybe you didn't think you would ever do that one thing, but you did it this year. Maybe you failed in different ways and introduced yourself to different things that you didn't think would happen. Maybe, maybe it was, you know, the, it was one drink and then two drinks and then three drinks. And by the time you know it, it's on the weekend and you're drinking a 12-pack every weekend. It's not just one shot, but you're, if you were to really check yourself, you knew, you know your alcohol blood um, content would be way higher than it should be. And you know you found yourself maybe dipping a little too far into something, dabbling a little too far. Some of us was like, man, we'll, we'll start out watching this Netflix show, and then, and then you found yourself binging that one, and then binging another, and then binging another, and then you were too tired to wake up for your responsibilities that week. And it became a pattern over and over again in your life where you consumed and consumed and consumed, and consumption is not necessarily bad. It's just the overindulgence of such thing that's introduced in your life, and you're overindulging. You find yourself like, man, maybe I went a little too far. Well, me, I'm, I'm, on my, I'm on my fat jeans this morning, and I got my fat coat. That's why it doesn't button. I, I thought that would be cool, but then it doesn't happen. You know, all of us have stuff. We know it. We've been absorbing things. I, I think we also maybe absorb imagery where it's just taking one look, you know, uh, to look is not bad, but it's bad if you if you keep looking. You know what I'm talking about, men. But you found yourself, you kept looking, and you kept looking, and you kept exploring. And it started getting worse. And once you feed a habitual sin, once you start feeding it, it asks and demands for more. Flesh constantly will grab out and ask for more. It's not enough. We found ourselves, we couldn't find the pleasure in the simplicity of the little things, so we kept diving into more. And why do I say all that this morning? Because I think in the moment of fire, we have to realize that in our first context of fire, that God is powerful. Everybody say powerful. God is powerful, and he is powerful and we read a moment in Hebrews 12, and so we're going to read a little bit of scripture. I apologize, it's not on the screen this morning, so you'll have to pull out your phone Bibles. I use the YouVersion app, or maybe you can use something else this morning, but I'd encourage you to do that. And as you're grabbing out your phone or your Bible, your paper Bible, we, we don't have good lighting in here. We don't have good lighting. Um, but as you're pulling out your scripture this morning and you're finding yourself turning to that and turning to the Bible, It'll be Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is in the New Testament. Hebrews is written to the Hebrew people. So they understand the context of what we're going to read very well this morning in verse 18. Let's start there. I'll read slowly so we can absorb it this morning. It says, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even have a beast touches, if even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. 
Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. So we're getting clues into this is Old Testament. This is Exodus 19 and 20. This is where where he's referring to uh, Mount Sinai. And there the flame or the fire of God consumes the mountain and smoke billows out of it. And Moses was warning the people, do not even touch the mountain, for if you touch it, you shall die. So trembled, so fearful, and yet God calls Moses, come up here. Can you imagine that fear? The fear that's on you when you just heard this warning. Verse 22, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering." And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For they did not escape when they refused him who warmed them on earth, much less will we escape. We reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. So the writer of Hebrews, he oftentimes goes back to old scriptures, Old Testament, and he takes these old men of faith and these old narrative stories, and he brings them about. And talking to the Hebrews, you understand these words. You understand how God came to a mountain. You understand how he's to be revered. You're, uh, you're to understand who he is and how he gave this covenant and this blessing that you are my people and I will be your God. And then he moves it into this whole idea of there's a new covenant, a new way. And the blood of Abel, Abel was spilt, right? But it didn't pay any atonement for anybody else. But, but, but better was the blood of Jesus, who also died innocently and gave of his blood so that we could be atoned for in a great way. And then we read at this time, at this time, verse 26, his voice shook the earth, but now as he promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Meaning on that mountain, on Mount Sinai, I am shaking the earth and the word of God is coming in the Old Testament in Exodus. And it's going to be delivered to the people to sustain the people so that they can live the life they're called to live. But I'm going to do a shaking again. God is saying, I'm going to shake the earth again. And what I'm shaking is I'm shaking the things that we're gravitating towards in 2022. I'm shaking the things of our propensities of more consumption and more consumption. And I'm going to see after the shaking what actually lasts. What is the foundation? What is it? Haggai 2.6 is what he's referring to in this moment. In just a little while, I will once again shake the sky and the earth, the sea and the dry ground, a prophecy spoken. And in verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27, this phrase, yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship 
with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Everybody say fire. This moment written to the Hebrews saying that God's coming, he's going to shake out all the impurities and all the sin and all the imperfections. But the thing that cannot be shaken out is the thing that is supposed to last is the kingdom. And that's what I want for us in 2022 as we begin to prepare our hearts for Christmas. As we've been in this Advent season, our heart is saying, God, shake me. Shake the things that are of Ben Chapman. Shake the things that don't need to be there. And would people only see Jesus and more of Jesus? This is what we want in our lives. It's what we want for our church. It's what we want for our, our city. In Deuteronomy 4.23, this, this quote is from Deuteronomy, once again, back to the Old Testament, in the Pentateuch, the first five books. We have Deuteronomy being the last one. It says, take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden. He, he's warning them. Moses is warning Joshua as he's moving into the promised land. Make sure you don't put yourself up any carved image or anything that would get your attention and devotion away from the one that it belongs to. The one true king deserves our worship and attention and affection. But how many of you know that that is the wrestling match? Am I the only one that wrestles with that? Constant tension, constant wrestling. I live for God, but I'm in the world. But I want to live for the world, but I cannot live for the world. I must put away those selfish desires and hold fast to what God has put in front of me. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory, and, uh, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. God doesn't share his glory with anyone else. He's not sharing his glory. He's not giving it away. In fact, everything that is made by him is to bring glory back to himself. For it says in Deuteronomy 4.24, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Your God, my God, our God is jealous. Jealous for your attention, jealous for your affection. He made you and created you so that you would worship him. And out of our life, we worship of the way we love our spouse, the way we do our work, the way that we live with integrity, the way that we live with purpose, our excellence in our life mission is all worship to him. This is what he wants. This is what he's put in us. This is what he's created us to. Our God is powerful. Everybody say powerful. Powerful. And when you realize there's a God that powerful who can just in a moment come down in a flame to consume, it makes you a little trembling. And it puts us into priorities. See, God's fire tests our priorities. Our priorities, our allegiance, the things that we're putting first in our life or not first in our life. 
This is what he does, 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verse 11, this letter that Paul writes to the church. says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, Bitcoin, muscles, lots and lots of food, each one works will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself, he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Fire will come to that individual and purify and rip down and consume all that we have indulged. Are you feeling a little guilty about open presents this Christmas? Just kidding. This is what he wants, and he, he, uh, he also wants through fire the, this metaphor. It's powerful. It's prioritizing, and it's also revealing his presence. Fire reveals his presence to us. Fire, God's fire represents presence to us. My kids and I and Brandy, we, we were burning all our brush on our property. I don't know if that's allowed. But, uh, but I looked, I looked, and the burn ban was off. So I was burning brush, you know, and, and polluting the environment. But I was there with a water hose, you know, so maybe less. I apologize if anything I did was wrong. But we were having this huge bonfire, and we were, we were just loving it. And you know what a fire does? A fire, it, it, it commands attention, doesn't it? It's like when you see a fire, it just, it, 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 you gravitate towards it. The kids couldn't stop but feeding it, you know, giving it more wood. And I was like, no more wood. You know, we're not that far from the fire department. But nonetheless, we were feeding this fire, and it was an attention moment. You know, you've been camping. Anybody been camping in here before, right? Like, what's the best part of camping? Yes, it's hanging out, but it's the fire. Love the fire. I have a little problem with fire. My wife said, amen. But it's the fire. The fire is incredible to a campfire because, because you all gather around it. It's the only light that's out there. It's how you can see each other's faces and the community that happens around the fire. It's this presence there that, that conveys your attention. And it's, it's when Moses just left, it, he left Egypt. And actually, he, for roughly 40 years, he was tending to his father-in-law's flock. He was shepherding. And then in a moment, God caught his attention. How did he do it? Through fire, through a burning bush. In Exodus 3, 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. This fire is incredible. We see how fire can be judgment. Fire can purify, but fire can get our attention. And out of that blaze comes a voice of purpose. Fire is incredible, and he speaks, and he gets our attention and when we see fire in the Bible, we recognize presence of God. And that presence may be judging, that presence may be refining, and that presence may be speaking. So when we see that, we want to listen up. The, the next thing we see is fire is a purifier. Zechariah 13, 9 
And I will put this th third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. Woo. It's a purifier. A purifier is what it happens. It purifies us. It purifies us to be the men and women of God that we need to be. I won't lie. I'm not going to run away from God's fire. I need his fire. I need his presence to illuminate the darkness of my soul. I need his presence to illuminate the blind sides that I can't see. You know, they say no one's truly self-aware. It's why we need community. Because community can see your faults, your flaws. And you're like, don't judge me. Maybe they're trying to help you. Maybe it's a purifying moment when you walk in lockstep with community, when you're right there with them. Because you see, when fire does its work, at the end of the day, the last thing that we see that fire leaves is fire leaves peace. Leaves peace. Peace for our souls. Joshua 24, 23. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Joshua is calling out the people. Put away foreign gods. Put them away. Put them, just set them aside and incline your heart to the Lord. When someone speaks to you out of a heart of love, out of a Christian ethic, out of a moment coming as your brother and sister, as they're coming to you and they're speaking into a pain point. Oh, don't get water and quenched. Don't run away. Don't go deaf. But open your ears. Open your eyes. And just say, man, I hear what you're saying. You know, that may be true. And then you go to God. The one who purifies. You say, Jesus, I need you to overcome the world in my life. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I do not give peace as the world gives peace. But in this world, when you have tribulation, take heart. For I've overcome the world. And in this, we have peace. This is what he does. This is who he is. So what do we do with this this morning? Well, I'd love for you to bow your head and close your eyes in a response. In a posture. My prayer this week for you is that you would welcome the fire of God into your life. Oh, but God, not that one thing. I know you told me to leave it in 2021, but I brought it into 2022. I know you told me to leave it in January, but I brought it into February. You told me in June to leave it right there, but I brought it into July. And I'm still dealing with it. It's because I've been resistant to let your fire burn. For you to consume that, that idol. So Jesus, right now, we open ourselves up to you. And Lord, we ask and we welcome your fire into our life. A fire of your presence. 
and a fire that purifies. One way you can do that this week is pray simple prayers every day. Search my heart, O Lord. And if there's any wicked thing, any unclean thing, make it known. And as it's known, repent. Meaning give it to God and turn away from it. Father, I thank you for Luminous. I thank you for your church. Thank you for what you're doing this morning. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.